Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their three- to ten-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm very pleased to introduce my next guest. He's Michael Levine from Levine Insurance Advisors. I'm here in Newport Beach, California. And uh, Michael is going to talk to us about income and wealth preservation planning. Uh, He is a wealth of knowledge. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Bill. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing today? Good. I love this weather. You like this weather? Nice. June gloom, well, well, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we call it June gloom here in Southern California. It's a little cloudy today, right. but we like it because it's a respite from the incredible amounts of sun we have where we're rubbing it into other parts of the country. Uh, Michael, exactly. tell us a little bit about uh, your background. I know you have a little bit of an accounting background, but you're a financial advisor. Tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, well, my as you said, my background is public accounting. I'm a South African chartered accountant. Spent uh, a number of years in public accounting doing and reviewing and consulting on um, continuation planning together with, you know, the audits and and tax consulting. And uh, 26 years ago, I decided to leave public accounting. It just wasn't a good fit for me and started doing what I'm doing now, which is the um, individual wealth preservation planning. And uh, now you're, are you uh, an independent um, broker, if you will. I mean, explain your your arrangement uh, as far as the types of products and companies you represent. Yeah, I'm I'm completely independent, uh, not captive, so I'm not locked into any one particular carrier. Uh, in today's environment, um, it's suicide to be locked into one carrier if you cannot spread your wings and do the right thing for the client. No one carrier has the best products in all areas. And some carriers are better with some underwriting issues than others. So you have to be able to provide, you know, the best solution for your clients. And, and by being independent, that takes some of the um, the liability and the risk out of that. So, yeah, I'm completely independent. Um, mm-hmm. My approach is a consultative approach where we look at issues, uh, determine what the biggest um, issues are, um, you know, from the client's perspective, and they rank their concerns and we address those concerns accordingly and try and fit the right product into the, with the right need to solve those issues. So I think I, I misspoke. I said, tell me about the um, the companies you represent, but you really represent the clients and then go to the right companies for the clients, right? Correct. It's a, it's a matching of, 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 of carrier, clients, and, and product. So uh, our audience is largely age 50 plus. Of course, a lot of them, most of them are business owners. And right. if you can imagine uh, a business owner over age 50, maybe say 55 or 60 year old is approaching you, Michael. And and what kind of questions might you ask them to assess their needs? And what do you think some of those common needs might be today? Well, you know, the common needs are if something happened, had to happen to you prematurely today, would what would happen to that your flow of income that you're currently earning? Uh, if something had to happen to you prematurely today, either uh, a death or a disability, a sickness, an illness, uh, would your family be able to sustain itself 
um, without that flow of future income? Um, would your mortgage be paid off? Um, would your kids be able to complete college? Um, would you have to tap into retirement funds or tap into the equity of your home? So those are some of the issues that we have to, you know, try and prevent from happening. You know, we work all our lives to generate a good income and establish and create wealth. And it takes one unfortunate premature accident um, to ruin and derail that whole plan. So a, a person in their 50s, one of the key products that I, that I really believe in so strongly is long-term care. So that's become one of the primary um, vehicles for wealth preservation today, in either as a generic standard um, long-term care program or the asset-based hybrid programs. Let's let's just spend a couple minutes on that. Why is long-term care such a big deal? Why is it such a big issue today? And and what are some of the common misconceptions people have about it? Well. One of the misconceptions is that it's only available for aging and frailty. So only when you get old and you become frail and slightly incapacitated that you need the care. But that's a, miscon- that's a misconception because you could be 40 years old, you know, be in a car accident and, you know, be un- unable to perform certain activities of daily living. And there are six activities of daily living which are identified um, or cognitive impairment. So if you cannot perform any two of those six activities of daily living that's prescribed, you will then qualify for long-term care benefits. And the reason why it's so important is that um, you're going to be unable to work and you have the additional expenses of home care and health care. Um, the other misconception is that it will be paid by your health insurance or Medicare or Medi-Cal in California. Um, you know, your health insurance doesn't pay for personal and custodial care, which is nursing home care or having care provided to you at home. So that doesn't take care of that. Um, Medi-Cal, if you're lucky enough, you might get 100 days' worth of, of coverage, but that's it. So you're, you're mm-hmm. effectively on your own for that type of protection. So after all the, uh, you know, the the care of, like, let's say the... Uh trauma of having an accident or something like that after all of the surgeons go away and after all the you know the the nurses go away you're left with maybe you have the ability or inability if you have the inability to do some of these daily activities you're going to need somebody to help you and and that can cost a lot of money and then you're not going to be covered by your insurances or the government programs is what i'm hearing right you know unless you have um a personal long-term care policy nothing else will really protect you and the national average cost of a nursing home today is um, eight thousand dollars between seven and eight thousand dollars a month that's the national average home care may be a little bit less expensive today but mm-hmm. the rate of of cost increase year over year for nursing home and home health care is really it's just it's about seven eight percent a year so it's, it's becoming very expensive. 
It's huge, and and we of course we have we have an aging population. With the fastest growing segment of our population is age 80, 80 plus or eighty five plus. But what are the odds that someone eventually will need this type of care sometime in their life? If they're say they're say they're fifty five, sixty years old now, what are the odds that they they might someday file a claim on this type of coverage? Well, um, if if you're fifty five in that age group, there's probably about a twenty thirty percent chance. And as you get older, obviously, those probabilities increase. But in, in our lifetime, with living longer, uh, with the quality of, of care and the advancement of medicine today, uh, we'll live longer for sure. I don't know about the quality of, of life, but there's about a 60% chance. If you're going to be in your 70s, 80s, there's about a 60% chance that somebody will have to provide you care. So that's why this is such a big deal, I guess, because there's no, I can't think of any other risk where there's a you know, 60% chance I'm going to get in a in a car accident um, and file a claim. I, I don't know what the odds are of that or the odds that my house is going to catch on fire. Those are things sure. we certainly wouldn't dream about going without insurance for. Um, exactly. Of course, the, the odds of, of dying are 100%. It's just a matter of time. But, but right. uh, long-term care is a huge, there's a huge potential that will potentially need that care at some point in our lives. So it is a big deal. What's happening yeah. in that in that marketplace? Because I know a lot of people have been reluctant to buy individual policies. And I've heard that there are structures that are coming about where they're they're combining different risks into um, one one particular type of an instrument, like a, a life insurance policy with a long-term care benefit. What's going on in that type of a uh, world? Right. Well, there are definitely uh, changes taking place with, with hybrid products, and, and the hybrids are really a combination, as you alluded to, combination of life insurance with long-term care and annuity with long-term care riders. So, um, and with the advent in, in 2006 of the protection, uh, the, you know, the Pension Protection Act, uh, there's the ability now to do 1035 exchanges between different life insurance and annuity products, which, made, which has made it much easier now. So if you've got existing products that um, don't have the long-term care um, capability attached to them, you can do what's called a 1035 exchange. You can roll out whatever cash you have in those products into either life insurance or annuity. There's no tax implication on that 1035 exchange. It's like a 1031 with real estate, and Mm -hmm. you roll it into Mm -hmm. one of these new, what's called a qualified product, which is a qualified life and long-term care or a qualified annuity and long-term care, which means that if you trigger long-term care benefits, um, you will then be able to um, get paid out a monthly amount to cover those expenses. So um, with the life insurance, you spend down the life insurance component first, and you can have a rider added on that you have continuation of benefits after that, and the same with the annuity. Um, if you spend down your principal annuity contribution, uh, you you can have a rider built in that it will continue for a number of years thereafter. So you're really repositioning funds uh, with, with no risk or liability because of the 1035 exchange, and you've now leveraged that pool of money by transferring it into a qualified product. That seems like it would be a lot more appealing for, for a lot of people who say, I don't want to have... Uh, I don't want to have a product like a standalone long-term care policy that may never pay off, 
But I know exactly. my life insurance. I know my life insurance someday is going to pay off one way or the other. As long as I keep it, I'll pass away exactly. at some point. So if I just bolt yeah. on another use for it, that seems a lot a lot more appealing. Um, it, it, so, yes, it does. I mean, if, if somebody doesn't have a life insurance need, then obviously that product, you know, may not be appealing to that person. But uh, in meeting with people, I don't assume anything. I run all these ideas and concepts by them, and see what they feel is more appealing to them. Now, since we're in the uh, pattern of talking about people living longer, uh, yeah. you know, I heard something not too long ago that insurance companies used to run a, a whole life policy. Their, their definition for life insurance of whole life was somewhere around age 95 or 100. And now right. that's changed a lot to where a lot of the insurance companies now say, Nope, the actual the new definition you can have policies that go out into well past that to age 120 for instance. Right. Uh, wh- what do the actuaries know that we don't? Well, we we're living longer. And that's for sure. And um kids born today uh, a higher percentage of of children born today are going to live beyond age 100. So the um, uh there are universal life type policies out there where you pay through age 100 or it continues through age 121. Now, 121 seems inconceivable to us, but perhaps kids born today uh, would, could, could live beyond you know, 110, and um, these policies are obviously going to pay, uh, pay a benefit if, if, you know, if uh, so, people live beyond that. So they're positioning for, for, what, for all that they know, and of course these insurance companies know a lot of information about longevity of people. They see right. in the future that that we're going to eradicate certain or catch certain diseases earlier or maybe eradicate other types of diseases that used to be life takers. And right. uh, people were uh, – 100 is not going to cut it for a lot of people. It's not going to be the exactly. age at which they die. That, exactly. That's well, very if interesting. We, if we, yeah, I mean, if we take um, long-term care, just to refer back to long-term care, for example, um, a lot of conditions that were acute that would kill you have now become chronic conditions. Um, certain cancers which would have killed you, you know, in a year or two, um, you know, you can sustain that and you can actually live a whole lot longer. So that's where that long-term care issue becomes so important because a lot of conditions are becoming chronic. Um, and, yeah, the, the actuaries with the life insurance companies certainly know something about mortality and the spreading out of that mortality table. It's, going to, it's changing definitely. So uh, now let's talk about um, premature. We talked about longevity. Let's talk a little bit about premature death and the impact it has on a business owner where they might have partners or key employees. Sure. Uh, I mean, how important is it for someone to really understand their, their life insurance needs when they're operating a business? Well, you know, with, with your expertise in exit strategy planning, um, and also, we are focusing on the on the continuation plan. If you don't have a continuation plan, that whole exit strategy could be derailed in no time. And so, what we what I look for is to make sure that there are formal agreements in place, to make sure there's a buy sell agreement in place, and that they're properly funded, so that you know, in the event of a premature death or a disability, with business owners, that the, the funding is there to buy out the deceased partner and to make sure that that funding is immediate, to provide that immediate liquidity, that the business is properly valued and, and, it's, and it's valued on a regular basis, uh, 
and that the, the transfer of the business interest is, is done correctly. And so that's all built into a buy-sell agreement, which is a, a legal obligation for those things to happen. And so if a buy-sell agreement is unfunded, you're in a worse position because you've committed to meet those obligations of a contract, but you don't have the, the funds or the liquidity to pay for that. And so it creates a huge upheaval. It can derail any continuation or extra strategy plan. Um, I've seen a number of buy-sell agreements that have been signed but unfunded or underfunded where they've done the, the funding with life insurance and disability insurance a number of years ago. The value of the business has increased, but they have not increased the value of that coverage accordingly. And then something happens to one of the owners, and then there's a, a shortfall and that creates a very similar position to where it would have been if it was unfunded. You've got to scramble to find funds, which is the last thing you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. At that at that time is not the best time to be scrambling to find funds. And you, I want to key on a, a word you said there a couple times. You said properly funded and properly right. valued. Um, don't skip. Don't skimp on the on having enough insurance and having the right value in your buy-sell agreement. And what about for business owners that are, they don't have shareholders, so they may not have a buy-sell agreement. What's the importance of life insurance in their situation? Well, if you have any key um, executives or key employees that are integral, either through you know duties or skills, um, it, it's twofold. You want to protect your business should anything happen to one of those key people. And also, you want to retain them, so you want to provide some sort of incentive and motivation for them to stay and not get um, approached by another firm and leave, um, and as well, take care of their family if something should happen to them as well. And so what we do is we um, identify and isolate those key people that would have a which would have an impact on our revenue and our bottom line if something should happen to them, whether they should leave and go to another firm or company or prematurely die or become disabled, um, we can parlay into that uh, different um, structures where we can protect the company if something should happen to them. We could also build into that that if the person stays with us long enough and retires while they're still working for us, there's a huge pool of cash in the life insurance policy which they can then utilize over and above their other benefits, their qualified plans. If they die prematurely, or become disabled, not only will the company benefit and have cash flow, but the key employee's family will be taken care of as well. So it's a threefold type of program we can build in. We can either isolate it, one, just the one mm -hmm. item, mm -hmm. where just we protect the business, or we could build in golden handcuff type programs where we can incentivize that key person to stay. That's also an integral part of continuation and exit strategy planning. Michael, a lot of great information, great tips. Tell our listeners how they can best get in touch with you. Sure. Um, you can visit my website, which is www.levineadvisors.com. Um, you could find me on LinkedIn, Michael Levine, and, uh, or you could give me a call, 949-275-6233, and I'd be happy to chat with you. And I just want to make sure our listeners uh, know it's it's Levine Advisors L E V I N E Advisors dot com. 
Michael, it's such a pleasure. I'm so glad you you were able to come onto the show today. It's great information. It's uh, it's not something people like to talk about: living too long, sure. dying too soon, protecting their assets. But it's key and it's very vitally important. And I'm really happy you were able to come on and provide us some expert advice in this area today. So let's let's uh, have you on again and talk about some more of these issues. Maybe some more detail about some of these different uh, concepts that you've brought up. Uh, but uh, that's it for now. But thanks so much for joining us, and really, really happy uh, you came on the show today. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. So stay with us, and uh, give us about a minute. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Real for The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 